to those who call evil good, and good evil. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted Church of North Korea. My name is Bob, and this is podcast number 361. It is January 3rd, 2016. Well, today we have some more stories and articles about North Korea. I'm reading from Hackberry House, Volume 1, Two Years with North Korea, which is available at Amazon.com. Look at heaven today, or if you can't see that far today. Look at the earth that is promised in scriptures in the ages following this one. There the Lord is king and is being honored and worshipped freely by all of his subjects. The Father and the Son reign and are loved supremely. Now take a look at North Korea, a nation given over to the worship of another father and son, pretenders to the throne. Such vast differences between the two kingdoms. In heaven, the love for God is genuine, freely given, and motivated by the truth who he is. In North Korea, the affection, quote-unquote, is gained by thorough brainwashing, distortion of truth from cradle to grave. It is further enhanced by guns and imprisonment, torture, loss, shame, fear. In heaven, the one worshipped is worthy The more he is known, the more he is worshipped. Eternity will not reveal all the depths of that worth. But in North Korea, the subjects of lavish pomp and programs, kissing and bowing, buttons and banners, statues and signs, they're not worthy. Oh, every head of state is worthy of honor, mind you. This is God-ordained, but no head of state is worthy of worship. This is God-cursed and brings judgment on a nation. And the more North Koreans find out about the ways they have been deceived, the less they praise. Eventually, the full truth gained when exiting the country causes them to loathe and not lavish praise. May the North Korean government read the following and weep as we read it and rejoice. The old Isaac Watts hymn, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth his successive journeys run his kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moons shall wax and wane no more to him shall endless prayer be made and endless praises crown his head his name like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice people and realms of every tongue dwell on his love with sweetest song and infant voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. Blessings abound where'er he reigns, the prisoner leaps to loose his chains. The weary find eternal rest, and all the sons of want are blessed. Let every creature rise and bring his grateful honors to our king. Angels descend with songs again, and earth, including North Korea, repeat the loud Amen. Number 61, North Korean official healed. In Thomas Belke's Juche, the following story is quoted, and I quote it now. Years ago, a North Korean government official was dying of tuberculosis. 
You have only a few months to live, his physician told him. Well, Mr. Park decided to pay his final respects to his relatives in Manchuria, that's northeastern China. One evening, while visiting a relative, Mr. Park overheard a gospel radio broadcast originating from South Korea. An American evangelist, aided by an interpreter, gave a message on healing. I cannot come to you, the evangelist concluded, but if you believe God, he will heal you. Mr. Park did not know what a Bible was, and he asked his relatives for a Bible. He was handed one, which he placed upon his chest. Echoing the broadcast's prayer, Mr. Park ended with a hearty amen, though ignorant of its meaning. Weeks passed, and the incident was forgotten. Mr. Park returned to North Korea. Months later, Mr. Park realized that he's still alive. <laughs> Puzzled, he, he visited his physician. I don't understand, his, his doctor concluded, but your health is normal. Instantly, Mr. Park recalled the radio broadcast, the prayer, the Bible. Requesting a leave of absence, Mr. Park hurried back to Manchuria to revisit his relatives. He burst out that he had been dying and that he had been healed. Word grew silently among the village believers, and they rejoiced. Laying their hands on him, they prayed, saying, We are sending a missionary into North Korea. Well, upon his return, Mr. Park was bursting to share the good news. Was it safe? Who could he tell? After much prayer, he told his mother. As Mr. Park shared his testimony, she broke out in tears, sobbing, Son, please forgive me. Before the war, I, I was a church deaconess. However, I was afraid to tell you about Jesus. I feared you would report me to the communists as others who had tortured and turned in their parents. Surely the Lord allowed this sickness that you might find him and be saved. Turning to the Lord, the elderly mother sank to her knees in gratitude. Oh, Lord, forgive me, she wept. Thank you for saving my son and returning the gospel to our family. Tearfully, mother and son earnestly prayed for guidance, and subsequently an underground church was formed. Imagine a North Korean church. The fellowship numbers 80 members. That story was published by Cornerstone in 1993. I have no idea where that went, but you see how God works once more. So what is Juche? Number 62. What is Juche? I, we've mentioned it a few times. Thomas Belke has done us a great service by writing his descriptive work, Juche, a Christian study of North Korea's state religion. On page 11, he quotes Kim Jong-il in defining Juche. Quote, the Juche idea is a new philosophical thought which centers on man. The Juche idea is based on the philosophical principle that man is the master of everything and decides everything. The Juche idea raised the fundamental question of philosophy by regarding man as the main factor and elucidated the philosophical principle that man is the master of everything and decides everything. That man is the master of everything means that he is the master of the world and his own destiny. That man decides means that he plays the decisive role in transforming the world and in shaping his destiny. The philosophical principle of the Juche idea 
is the principle of man-centered philosophy, which explains man's position and role in the world. There you have it. Okay. Doesn't get more official than that. Right from the top guy. Can a mere school counselor like myself, as I was when I wrote this, dare to take issue with the learned scholar Kim Jong-il? Most of his work is ghost-written, I'm sure you know. Now, there are some glaring problems with the above description, beyond the North Korean tendency to be repetitive. Let me narrow it to two words. Number one, the word new. The man is the master of all concepts. has been around a long time. It's not new at all. Self-centered, God-defying humanism began, in fact, in the Garden of Eden. has never once really slackened its pace. Number two, the word decide. If man is the master and decides everything, then all men should be in on the decision. The Chinese and the Americans and the Japanese are men, but Juche does not apply to them. The South Koreans are men, but uh, and they're making decisions too, but not Kim's decisions, so they don't count either. If the North Koreans were allowed to decide between what they have and what there is to have globally, they too would not determine their fate to be poverty, torture, and imprisonment. In fact, the word decide in this definition only applies to one man. And at present, when I wrote this, it was the man Kim Jong-il. But we declare that all other men are free to decide and that Juche's decision is faulty. And if, as Juche demands, we must abide by the decisions of one man, many of us choose the man Christ Jesus, whose concepts admittedly are also not new, yet they make individual men and women and children all over the world to sing a new song and live a new life and participate in a new hope. For the truth is that this Jesus is the master of everything and ultimately decides everything. He is the main factor. He is the master of the world and its destiny. He alone will transform this universe into a new heaven and a new earth. It is Christ-centered philosophy which explains man's position and role in the world. Let's get that message to North Korea so that they know that they do have a choice after all. Number 63, maggots for the government. Ooh, We need North Korea. We need North Korea more than she needs us. We need those who live seriously difficult lives to remind us that our lives are not so difficult after all, to remind us of the cross, to remind us to pray. Quoting today from North Korean Kim Hyun-hee as she describes what her days were like growing up in North Korea. And uh, she was in the privileged class. It's called the Tears of My Soul, pages 17 and 18. Quote, we were told that to defeat the American imperialists, our country would need to buy weapons abroad. And so we were sent out for hours each day gathering scrap iron, bottles, and other recyclable products that could be sold for foreign currency. We were assigned quotas to fulfill, and children who failed to do so were admonished publicly. Who could gather the most became a great source of competition among us. We were also instructed to search about and to collect the skins of rabbits and dogs, as well as, and to this day I don't recall why, maggots. 
Now, maggots were most commonly found in the drug, excuse me, the dung heaps at the public outhouses where the toilets did not flush. And again, we competed intensely. As for the dung itself, we were also required to collect that. And when great heaps had accumulated, it was eventually shipped to farmers for use as fertilizer. And each person would be graded according to the quantity and quality of the dung collected. Later on, when rationing tickets were issued, these grades with which we had been rewarded were taken into account. And yet the most difficult thing of all was to collect flowers. These we were required to place in front of the many statues of Kim Il-sung around our neighborhood. Since there were no flower shops in North Korea, the only way we could fulfill our quotas was to bribe the local greenhouse custodian. These were the sort of activities that filled our days. Well, how about you? Do you have fonder memories, perhaps, of your childhood? Do you fill your days a little bit more meaningfully than Hyun Hee did? I imagine so. Well, we have time for uh, one more. Number 64, the poor Chungryan. Chungryan is an organization of North Koreans living in Japan, fiercely loyal to Kim Jong-il. In the past, many have moved back to North Korea to go back to their roots, only to find that their roots have been uprooted altogether and replaced with weeds. They were given a hero's welcome at first, but later they were viewed with suspicion and quite often incarcerated or executed. They don't exactly fit, having been raised in free Japan. Eventually they say or think things that are not permissible in uh, not-so-free North Korea. But while in Japan, at a safe distance from the dictator, they have a romantic love for their homeland and they try to defend it against the imperialists. Following is yet another fascinating look inside the North Korean regime. An online article approved by the government tearing down the Japanese leaders only days before big negotiations are to begin. It's the kind of thing North Korea can use as an out should they need one. First, though, the oil shipment and other promised aid must arrive. Now, the grammar is, is as found at the website. Officials of Changryan Lining Central Organizations released statements in denunciation of Japanese Prime Minister Abe's reckless remarks branding Changryan as a criminal organization. I can't imagine why. Defenders of North Korean policies government might be thought of as criminal. Anyway, Chae Sung-yong, chairman of the Central Standing Committee of the Korean Youth League in Japan, lashed at the balderdash, and North Korean English is decidedly British English, the balderdash let loose by Abe, branding Changryan as a criminal organization for no reason. Note the redundancy of North Korean writers and speakers. Not much to say, so they say it again and again. He demanded that Abe should immediately withdraw and apologize for the venomous outpourings, clearly realizing what a shameful, shameless, <laughs> oh my, crime, crime it was that he 
stringed out anachronistic remarks against dignified Changryan, poor victimized Kim Jong-il. Kang Churyan, chairman, chairwoman of the Central Standing Committee of the Korean Democratic Women's Union in Japan, representing the wrath of all the officials of the union and the Korean women in Japan, bitterly denounced Japanese Prime Minister Abe and the right-wing reactionaries knee-deep in building up public opinion against Changryan and Koreans. And we'll see you all in a few days with smiles on our faces. She stated that all the Korean women would never, that's a big word, never pardon the Japanese authorities and right-wing reactionaries for smearing the image of Changryan and spreading the climate of hunting Koreans. This is a smear tactic too, though, isn't it? Kim Tong-hak, Secretary General of the Korean Human Rights Association in Japan, said Abe made the outburst abusing the rights of Koreans in Japan. Specifically, which rights was that? When the innocent Koreans in Japan were subjected to discrimination with chauvinistic sentiments running high in Japan. And just what were the exact words in context? You know, there's a history of Japanese abuse of Korea, for sure, north or south. But its correction is not served well by bombastic articles like this. Someone may be trying to pick a fight, you think? So obvious, folks, that the grace of God is needed in North Korea. Do you pray for North Korea? These are a little older articles, but I'm assuming some of the same kinds of things going on. And we, we pick up the news articles. They're on our website at uh, where you're at right now. Just go up and click on... Uh, photos and then click on the first album you see over a hundred pictures now updating the North Korean situation I've tried to keep up with it even as I bring these past things out to let you know the history it's it's a it's a one big bad picture but God's able to change it he's able to change it he's able do we believe it pray as though you believe that he is able don't forget the scripture we start with, but, but first I want to remind you that tomorrow we're hitting the book of Genesis. Have you started reading Genesis? Genesis 1, 2, 3. I've, I've got several pages of questioning and answers already coming at me as I go through this book. I didn't realize how many things are in there that, that people really do have questions about. I had them in the past. I still have in some cases. I think you're going to be interested to hear this. And please send me your own questions at email bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com or send me a voicemail or text 847-852-6873 yeah just ask me a question about Genesis and I'll see if I can answer you gotta read along with me now you gotta read ahead and, and don't, don't think of something that maybe somebody else would want like that's what I'm doing but <laughs> think of something that really is troubling you as you read through the book. God bless you. And Isaiah 520 is where we began. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. <laughs>